Hey, thanks for joining us here on the New Adjuster Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Long, the head video producer here at CNC. We're interviewing a few of our adjusters and trainers, bringing you tons of insider tips and advice for becoming an adjuster, what it's like being deployed, and more. We hope these interviews will help you launch you further into your career as an adjuster. Also, be sure to check out our official YouTube channel at Catastrophe and National Claims. There you will be able to watch the full episodes and the shorter clips of these podcasts. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Fowler back with part three of the adjuster series to um, answer any questions about adjusting that uh, newcomers may have. And uh, with me today, again, is David James with CNC and in charge of training. And um, we've got a few questions that we've sort of uh, talked about, and we're just going to jump right into it. So um, one of the questions that we, we receive a lot is, uh, or that we see is, what's the difference between a daily and a cat adjuster, or, or which one is better? That's a good question, it really, especially coming into it new and not having any experience. So <clears throat> uh, daily adjusters, like we mentioned before in the previous episode, a lot of folks get into this business, into this industry in the cat side. You know, there's a big event. Right, right. They, they come in and, and uh, start working and, and get that experience. But, um, you know, on the daily side, those are, are – there's just as much work there, and what that means to differentiate between the two is the daily side is just everyday claims, everyday mm -hmm. things that happen. There doesn't have to be a huge event. Uh, things like the uh, supply line off of the washing machine or the dishwasher popping off, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use a personal experience for an example. So um, I guess it was – Maybe two years ago, no, three years ago, four years ago, um, my wife and I bought our house. We've been there for a year, two years, and watching Monday Night Football on the couch. I'll never forget it. And uh, all of a sudden, heard this loud pop towards the front of the house, and it I was like, "What is that?" And I was hissing. I was like, mm -hmm. I "Ran up there, ran into the bathroom, and the supply line on the bottom of the toilet had popped off, and it was just spewing <laughs> everywhere." So. Run in there, turn the the um, the valve off, and uh, clean everything up. Thank God we were home because mm -hmm. if you think right. about it, most folks are you know some folks are not home. We're here at work, right? And what if it happened happened now? By the time I get home, there's probably water pouring out the front door, you know, coming out. So uh, those are things that that happen every day, daily claims. Okay, uh, you know, folks file claims. There's there's damage there. Fires, kitchen fires, small small kitchen fire maybe That's right. That's things right. like that. Yeah, there's. Uh, you know, it happens. Grease fires um, get out of control, and, and, you know, whatever for whatever reason, the severity of it obviously depends on the situation, but uh, you've got that. And then, um, you know, overflow. We've, we've, you've got, you know, a um, four-year-old that likes to, to uh, stuff things in the toilet that don't go mm -hmm. there or hide them and, you know, mm -hmm. on accident, you know, things happen or whatever. So just just different situations like that. Okay. Um, of course, the cat side. You've got uh, big events, hurricanes, right. wildfires, right. Uh, tornadoes. The recent events, unfortunately, you know, this happened here uh, within the last week, couple of days. Uh, those are the differences between the, the daily and the and the cat. There's just as much work uh, on either side, really. If you ask me, you think so? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, Let's um. Oh, let me. It, 
I know you asked me which is better. I don't really, I'm not, I'm not going to say that one's better than the other. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that of course, you know, as far as the cat side goes, you know, we work the claims. Mm -hmm. We want to work them as quick as possible, getting it right, being efficient and doing everything right. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, once once those claims go away, there may not be any more work, you know, from but the there's always daily claims. That's right. There's always it's, daily it's, claims. It's happening. There's things happening all the time. But it's really, is it possible to do both at the same time? It's a good question. Starting out, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but I really wouldn't recommend it at all. But unless you're just a, you know, Superman or a monster at it, it's just hard. I, I don't I don't know. Some folks may be able to manage it. Some folks uh, know can I, I, it's just a matter of preference but mm-hmm. you know you don't want to put too much on your plate because we ultimately want to take care of the customer yeah and that's the thing with catastrophes is that um, you may get 50 or 100 claims mm-hmm. and if you have a daily claim that's in a different state then it's very difficult to get back and and handle that and on the flip side of that as well with daily claims probably don't get 50 or 100 all at one time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no so um, you know if you think about it, you may make, may make more money in a shorter period of time with cat work. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just doing daily claims, you're doing a little by little here and there, it really evens out or, or works out to, to be the same from, you know, overall. So, so you can be a, a catastrophe adjuster as long as you are not handling daily claims maybe or finish your daily claims, go work the catastrophe, come back home, and get back into the daily routine. Is that it's a, possible. an option? Anything's possible. Okay. It's possible as long as you manage it right. I would, I'm not going to say I suggest it or don't suggest it, but if you can take care of everybody and handle your own business mm-hmm. and work your claims and do the right thing and stay on top of it, then anything's possible. So you could have 100 tornado claims, which would be roofs and wind damage, and then you come home and you might have a fire and then a lightning strike and a fence that blows down possibly. Mm-hmm. Could you still have hail? I guess you would. You you could still have a hail claim, even if it's not necessarily a catastrophe. It could be just a daily claim. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yep. Okay. It's possible. Okay. So um, let's let's move into uh, let's talk about roofs. Um, I'm a little bit older, <laughs> and uh, the last time I got on a roof, I said I'm getting too old for this stuff, and right. I said, Gosh, now I sound like my father. So, so what what. Someone my age or, or older or just is, it doesn't want to get on roofs, is there any alternative to do that? Is that going to limit a new adjuster if they don't want to get on a roof or can't get on a roof? That's a good question. You know, there are, there are alternatives. Um, I don't think there, there's a, a, a one, just a one way. You know, it, if you can get on the roof, to me, that's going to be the best way to determine the damage and then take a look at it and get a real feel for it. Um, having said that, there's technology out there that's, that's come a long way or come along. And, um, you know, some folks really during catastrophic catastrophic events, uh, there was so much damage and so much going on to where accessibility was an issue to where drones were, were used. And mm-hmm. they would fly the drones over the, over the roof. Over and that's the acceptable? And it can measure the roof and take pictures of the damage? It can take pictures. I don't know about measuring the roof, unless there's something out there that I don't know about from a drone standpoint. Well, hover, uh, right? 
Yeah. Or some was, of these other. As far services. as that, I was I was sorry. I'm, I'm so I apologize. I was talking about me just getting out of the truck and flying the you, drone over the. Roof. Oh, okay. You yeah, flying yeah, yeah. the drone? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It that won't makes take sense. measurements, but I mean, you can look at the roof. But there are other uh, avenues like hover, like you mentioned. Um, I've actually used hover on my home mm -hmm. um, just for for measurements, and, and it's a great tool. Uh, Eagle View satellite view. It now those measure your roof. They measure the elevations on the home. Uh, without getting on it, you know, it, it's the technology has uh, come quite a ways and, and given more options if there's a there's an issue there, uh, you know. But again, uh, getting on the roof is is a, a huge benefit because you're on there and 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 you can see it up close and personal and get and get the details. But if there are some some uh, obstacles in your way, you know, those those few there are some some options to to look at. A drone, interesting. Mm -hmm. You can get up there and, and like I said, and, um, and and it'll take pictures. And the insurance company is okay with drone photos and measurements where you didn't even get up there. Well, why don't they just do it? You know, do it themselves. All of them do it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that the insurance companies are okay with it. I think it's going to go off of the information that you can present. Is it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is it realistic? You know, is it is it just like it's, it's not questionable, or is it questionable? It's like, I, I don't a, really know. I have a really good option, mm -hmm. and this is what my dad did. He took my brother and I, when I was in high school, he took us to Wichita, Kansas, and said, get on that roof, <laughs> measure that roof, <laughs> photograph that roof, and I'll write the estimate, which leads me into the next question is, would you recommend bringing your family with you when you're doing these insurance claims? I, you know, I'm not going to say yes or no. Uh, to me, that's a personal preference. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, from my standpoint, I like to I like to go out and uh, take care of business. I guess, mm -hmm. um, for lack of better terms, and just um, I want to stay focused. Uh, you know, I have a three and a half, four year old. That would know. make it difficult. Yeah, I don't know that. That I could, would make it difficult. I couldn't concentrate. You know, I wouldn't do that uh, to him. It wouldn't be fair to him. Of course, not fair to me or the customer to have that yeah. distraction. Uh, you know, it, again, it's, it goes back to if you're able, if you think you're able to manage it. I wouldn't suggest it at first. Mm -hmm. Maybe once you get more experienced and established, you have a routine mm -hmm. and you have the buy-in from from everyone that goes out. But I just, I wouldn't. Me, I personally wouldn't do it. Uh, having said that, I do know, um, have heard stories of actually uh, couples, yeah, couples going out. And children you know, are grown or in college and maybe they're, yeah, they can I, they're, I see that as well. They're kind of independent or, or they can manage it and they want to learn, right. you know, right. it, it, you can go along and of course you want to stay in compliant, but, you know, just get the experience and, and uh, learn what they can. There was, um, you know, years back, there's a story of, of different, you hear about different couples going out. Mm -hmm. There was one couple that, um, the guy, he was the adjuster and his wife, um, Stayed in the car, mm -hmm. and he would do the inspection. And by the time he got through with the inspection, you know she was she would help him with the paperwork yeah. and 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 uh, whatever assistance he may need or or the other one needed. Schedule they work together as a team. They'd call in, make the, the phone calls. It's a good point. Yeah. Calling for the next appointment. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be wrapped up here in twenty thirty minutes. Well, maybe fifteen minutes earlier. Does that work for you? So again, it, it, I really think it's. Um, not across the board. It just it really 
depends on each individual yeah, and their I situation. Think, I, I think that that would be a good option um, if, if you had the ability uh, with someone to help you make the phone calls and, and schedule, and, and you can you can double your production. Right. right. And, as uh, long as you're not discussing discussing anything or, or getting into a licensing issue, right. you've got somebody to right. to um, to help you. You know, if that works out that way. Yeah, that's definitely. That's that's what my dad did. Craig and I did most of the work. <laughs> and look at you now. Look what you learned. Look where you're at. And, oh, it's too yeah. hot to get on the roof today. Let's just go have lunch instead. No, we got to get on these roofs. <laughs> right? It's good talking about um, it. Huh? You know, we, we ran into a little issue, though, with uh, Craig and I on a roof before um, where he said that you measure it this way, and I said you measure it that way. And we kind of got into an argument, and he got down and took the ladder and said he was walking home. <laughs> So that can happen too. There, yeah. there can be some heads, head, head butting. Well, just take your own ladder in the in the next one. Then. Well, that we that's a good. Laptops. That's another uh, good segue into the next question. Is um with all the the laptops and, and iPads and telephones and devices, what do you bring? What's something that that really helps you on an inspection? Uh, you know, I hear about laser tapes and and mm. and even three D cameras that can take pictures and do things. So, what do you? Yeah. Give us give us some insight. You want to you, you got to have all the tools to do the job, of course. Which is what? What are so all the tools? You want to have a, you know, your computer is going to But you won't take that on the inspection necessarily or w- would you? It's an option. Okay. It's an option. Like I said, have it in the car. Mm-hmm. The technology we have nowadays available, you can actually sure. do an inspection uh, with a tablet mm-hmm. through the software. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the software that you're using, but you can go in and, and you know, I mean, really, if you have the capability, the newer products, they have the capability of, of you just take a picture of the room and it does the measurements for that wall, for this wall, for this wall, and this wall. You're just taking a picture of it uh, based on the, the software. Uh, you know, it, and the laptops, I've, I've heard, um, you know, what brand do I need or, yeah. or what kind of laptop do I need? And it, it's just a personal preference. Uh, I've heard that Acer's are good, Lenovo's. Uh, seem to work well. You know, if you have a Mac, uh, folks use the Mac, the MacBook. <clears throat> if you do and you're using and you're running Xactimate, you have to partition it um, to be able to run that particular software mm-hmm. from the estimating standpoint. Um, you know, it. I'm I'm kind of old fashioned and trying to get into the technology side. I like a good old tape measure, but you have yeah. you can have the uh, the laser uh, measures yeah. as well, uh, moisture meters. If you're, if you're working that, uh, depending on what's going on with the claim, you want to have that uh, as well. They they call it, uh, they have a, um, even if you want to get you know, really, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but you have like a tool belt you can have all right. your tools on so you're not, or a book bag, right. have everything with you, be organized, you know, somewhat organized, look like mm-hmm. you know what you're doing mm-hmm. at least, um, and, and be prepared that before you go out there and say oh you know i need this or whatever if you find that yeah. you need something make a note of it so you go get it the next yeah. before then you know the next one yeah uh, that you go on so yeah i think that um i recall using my ipad and it was very difficult it was bulky but mm-hmm. that's what i used to take photos because of the way that we were doing our first reporting uh, when we were doing flood inspections i stayed away from the laser tape for a long time but then i started I would measure the room 
where I would use the tape, use the laser tape, and then say it can't be right and measure the room, and it was accurate. <laughs> so I got to the point where I do trust the laser, but I'll still have my regular tape. I'll still have my 100-foot tape if I get a really uh, large building. I always had a, a big, bulky camera because I like really good photos. I've never used uh, – a- after I took the photo, the initial photos on my iPad, then I would use a large camera, camera download those photos. It was a process. I had a camera that was always here banging back and forth. The iPad that's tucked under here, my yeah. my notepad here, which when you're on a hot day, then you're sweating, and it's getting full of – the the ink's running. So right. um, got to use that invisible ink. But, but that's what I use in um, – you know, I was just curious. Yeah, from time to time, I would bring my laptop and try to at least work part of the claim uh, yeah. uh, before I went to the next claim yeah. uh, for the inspection and just stay ahead. Water, bat- I always had extra batteries in the days with 35 millimeter. I always had extra 35 <laughs> millimeter. Now you can probably use your phone. Yeah, you can use your your uh, your phone. Of course, you said the, the tablets, laptops. Uh, again, with the software, um, they're a lot of that is allowing you to really accept the claim when you get on site or before right. site, right? And then do the inspection and write the estimate there on so site. It's kind of necessary. Mm-hmm. Kind so, of necessary. Um, lots of opportunity and lots of options there, whichever you prefer. But um, kind of sound like me, you know. I would always double check myself with the, yep. with, the <laughs> with the tape and then the, the electronic piece just to make sure. Yeah. Actually, yep. yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you want to you want to make sure it's charged all the time, like you said. Keep your batteries uh, in there. But if not, you know, fully charged, have a get get yep. a device that it, you don't have to have the most powerful device. Um, you know, something in in the mid range um, as far as processors go. And you want to have the memory, but you want to stay charged. You don't want to run out of power in the middle of doing inspection. That's that's just as important, if not more important, than than the performance. It seems it. like you would need a, a very large uh, memory. And fast processing, so you wouldn't want to use a computer from ten years ago. You would want to get a good, decent, maybe even talk to the IT team, right, and ask them, you know, what what do I need? Because what? I know that um, Xactimate takes up a lot of space, and um, Xactimate. So we'll move into that next. That Xactimate is the estimating program that we use. Um, what uh, what companies? require Xactimate. Does everybody use Xactimate? Are there other estimating softwares? How much does Xactimate cost? Once I once I learn it and get trained, is there a monthly fee? Tell us about the adjusting software. Yeah. Um, well, Xactimate is the gold standard for the industry. Um, a lot of companies use it. I'm not going to say everyone does, but most of them do. And, um, you know, it's a powerful software like you mentioned earlier. It really is. You can do a lot of, a lot of things with it. Um, it does require a lot of memory, a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, it, it, you know, if you have, if you're on your machine, if you're going to do that, make sure that you shut everything down, and just keep that open because it, you know, it, it requires a lot of space. Okay. Uh, you know, there's other software programs out there. Um, you've got Simbility, SimSol, Xactimate again is is really the gold standard for mm-hmm. the industry. A lot of people use that, and most use Xactimate. And, you know, as far as the, the – it's not free, so you got to pay to use it. Mm-hmm. How much is it? The pricing, it, it really depends on what type – how you want to use it. Mm-hmm. You can get a single uh, interface or you can get multiple. The professional, the Xactimate Professionals is – it gives you the online, the desktop, and the mobile. 
What would I need? Access, it's so. a new adjuster. What would I need? Just the basic. Uh, I'm 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 just going to be a cat adjuster. I'm going for two months. That's all that I need. Is there a yearly and annual uh, subscription, or or can I just get a, you know, pay per claim or month to month? How does that yeah. work? Yeah. Well, good question. The Xactimate gives you a, a demo version free for you know, thirty days. I wouldn't recommend that if you're out there uh, doing work. Maybe I I would recommend it prior to accepting any type of deployment. Get the and demo get and learn. Get familiar. Yeah, but you have to pay pay a monthly monthly and you know. I don't have the exact dollar amount. I think it's around four hundred dollars a month, maybe. Wow! But it depends on what your subscription is to them and, and what you want from it. Okay. Uh, if you get the single, uh, you know, channel and you don't want the mobile or the or the desktop or the online, vice versa, whichever one you choose, pricing is going to depend on that. Okay. Um, but you know, I would out there exact where the they will give you a demo version for for thirty days to try it out, and I highly recommend that. Okay. So if this is what you're wanting to get into. Okay. To learn about it. Where does everybody stay when there's a catastrophic event? Because obviously, you know, there could be hotels not available, torn down, and, and if other if uh, policyholders have lost their homes, they're going to want to get access. So everybody's coming in. What do you do? That's a good question, and it really depends on the event. I'll tell you, you know, in California – uh, those folks, when you know the wildfires, depending on the situation, but you get into communities or areas where, you know, their whole house is gone. Mm-hmm. They gotta have a, like you said, they they gotta have a place to stay, right? Mm-hmm. So, they're in the in the hotels, extended stays, mm-hmm. and um, wherever other places that offer that short term stay. So, you may find yourself, uh, believe it or not, staying in your vehicle, yeah, um, overnight. Yeah, for however long, uh, you may also you may be an hour, two hours, you know, six, eight hours away. It depends on the availability mm-hmm. and and the um, how the event is going. You know, and you know, just with hurricanes, you're going to have to stay on the outer lying areas, possibly. And mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of of um, you know, and actually experienced driving a couple hours away, staying a couple hours mm-hmm. away from the Lost location, right? Driving to it. So it, again, it really depends on, you know, the situation in hand. Because I can't tell you that, um, you know, a, a catastrophe or an event in California, you're gonna, you know, it's gonna be the same situation as far as living situation as it is in uh, Minnesota or in mm-hmm. Tennessee. You know, something happens. So mm-hmm. just be prepared for, for anything. Really. Yeah, I um, many of the storms that I've worked would be a two-hour drive going in and then two hours coming back and then there's all of the traffic because everybody's trying to do the same thing get to the area you have your first responder responders adjusters contractors and all of these resources are being taken up as far as lodging right. so hotels plus the hotels can get expensive again um, and then some people like you said have stayed in their vehicles until they could uh, either uh, some some have purchased um, RVs mm-hmm. campers, mm-hmm. but still those camping grounds may not be readily available or, or easily available, and you still have to have a vehicle. You can't necessarily drive your camper up to the to the lost location. No, so, you don't want to do that. So your options are really a hotel, your car, or an RV or camper. Right, right. and uh, when you mention that, when you say that. 
you want to also explain that to the policyholder and the insured too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, of course you're you're sympathetic and uh, empathizing with them, but you also want to explain that you know I'm two hours away. There's yeah. nowhere else to stay, so I'm just letting you know that this is why I can be there at this time. Or, or just get up earlier. Get up at three <laughs> and just be here. At, at be all, here right? at the crack of dawn. <laughs> be here at sunrise. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's what, <laughs> Hurricane Katrina, that's what I did. Fortunately, yeah. uh, you know, my home is in Mobile, so I was able to stay here. There was no place to stay in Mississippi anywhere in New Orleans, and I would, yeah, get up at 4. 5 a.m., and I'd go pick up people's mail for them that were yeah. having mail delivered to Mobile, and I'd take it to them in Biloxi or wherever, and here's yeah. your mail, and, wow. you know, let's do the claim now, and, yeah. and, um, and then fight the traffic going home, and, and I would, call Craig and be like, are you stuck in this traffic too? Yep. <laughs> 5 a.m. Here we are on the bridge, stuck in the traffic. Wow, you would get their mail. That's world-class experience right there as far as customer service goes. That's, that's... Uh, for sure, for yeah, sure. There needs to look, the, you know, there needs to be more of that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, sometimes these claims get in, get, get to a point where uh, you've seen the claim, you've done your job, everything's been inspected, and uh, the policyholder says... I disagree. I don't. I don't want to settle. I'm not going to fight. And then it possibly goes into litigation. What are some alternative dispute resolutions that are available in order to either not have a lawsuit, or then what happens if it does go to a lawsuit? Does that drag me into it? Do I mm. handle the claim from there with the lawyer? Mm. Well, look at your alternatives first. You don't want to. Okay. You know, you know for, what are those for you and and for everyone involved we want to try to settle the claim in a reasonable manner you know mm -hmm. for um whatever it's going to take to make the customer whole again and just talk it out with the homeowner and the contractor you know what where are you i would when we would settle the claim initially you know explain the claims process to the policyholder and tell them this is an estimate for what we can see mm -hmm. that's covered and it's an estimate okay we're going to settle the claim and you get pushed back and say, well, that's not enough money. And say, well, how do you know? Well, what about you're not paying for this rot? And you say, as the adjuster, rot's not covered. And they say, well, I think that it is, and I'm getting my lawyer. Okay. So then what? Well, do your best to explain that it's not covered. Still understand that they have a difference of opinion or they, they, they don't agree with you, and that's fine. That's okay. And, you know, if they want to hire an attorney, you just you, you need their letter of representation of who they're being represented by and, okay you know for me we would always um have our legal department involved okay and and make sure that you know we're handling everything the way it's supposed to legally and, and have attorneys talk with it because you don't want to talk to the to the attorney or to don't the customer get legal advice no and you don't nope. you don't want to say you know you do this or that for if you don't know just that you're supposed to that's right right that's right this i can i'm sticking to the policy this is what I can see. This is what's covered. This is what's not covered by the policy, you know. And do your best to to explain that. And if it's still not accepted, then you know they they have that option. Everyone has that option to go the legal route. We just need to know who you're being represented by, so we can turn it over to the. There are a couple of other options as well that are written into the policies. There's uh, mediation, appraisal, where there's there's uh, two mediators. So the 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 policyholder says they want to go to mediation. The insurance company hires a mediator, a neutral mediator. Mm -hmm. The uh, 
policyholder hires a mediator, and then there is, well, I say mediator, then there's an actual mediator that, that hears both, both sides of the case and then tries to negotiate it out. And a lot of times that can get resolved mm-hmm. because the insurance company maybe uh, realizes the potential of it going to lawsuits. So they may pay a little extra or we're going we're gonna to do this, but there's always a settlement um, where, okay, we're done, this is it, you can't come back and file a claim anymore. Right. And appraisal, right. Are you, you're familiar with appraisal, which yeah. is very similar but yeah. binding. Right, right. And it, it, you get somebody, like you said, an uninterested third party to hear both sides of it, and you just try to work out the differences and come to an agreement mm-hmm. to where we can, everyone can move on. You know, the goal is to get the policyholder back to where they were, and, and if there's a, some differences, let's talk about them and iron them out so we can, so we can finalize it. You can move on with your life pretty much and yeah. put everything back together. With yeah. mediation, uh, uh, it's not binding. So if the parties don't agree, then it goes further, a step mm-hmm. further. With appraisal, once appraisal is is enforced, whatever, if two parties agree that that's what the loss amount is, then it's binding. It's mm-hmm. over. You sign that's a the of end of it. Uh, I have handled some appraisals mm-hmm. and said absolutely no, 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 and the other two agree, 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 and uh, it's yeah. it is what it is. Right. So, right. But those are really the options. Hopefully, those are few and far between. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Not my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, let's uh, talk about commercial and residential uh, buildings. What's the difference? Um, do I need to learn about? Uh, will I be handling commercial buildings? Is there a real? Is there anything significantly different? There is. There are. Uh, they have a lot of similarities and differences. So when you go into a commercial uh, versus residential, or you look at both of them, they they're subject to have the same type of uh, material or, or building materials in it. You know, drywall. Some may have metal studs, of course, wood studs and so forth, uh, carpet, drywall, insulation, the ceiling tiles and, and lights and different things. There's a lot of similarities, but commercial, um, you know, the policies are different. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you think about um, outside of the policies, when I say a homeowner's out of a home, you know, the additional living expense coverage just comes mm-hmm. into play. If the commercial building or the, the business is uh, damaged, they may have bis- uh, business interruption coverage mm-hmm. uh, for that. Okay. No one's living there, so additional living expenses wouldn't come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the residential side of it, there uh, you've got contents, the unscheduled personal property in the residential. Mm-hmm. In the commercial, you're going to have merchandise uh, to where mm-hmm. inventory you're going to have to account for. So um, there are some similarities and, and uh, differences for, for all of it. Um, you know, can you get into commercial uh, right off the bat? I'm not going to say you can't. Um, for me, I would, based on my experience, I'd much rather go the residential route first mm-hmm. just to get the experience, mm-hmm. learn the claims process overall, and then ease into the commercial side of it. Yeah, the commercial side, the the, the construction is different. The uh, <clears throat> business entities are different. You might be dealing with an LLC, which has a board of directors, which has mm-hmm. – a property manager, so you're dealing with multiple different people, and they usually, not usually, but a lot of times, a larger business will involve, uh, y- you could have um, lawyers, yeah. you could have uh, accountants, because let's just uh, say that uh, the grocery store is damaged and all the stock is damaged. How do you account for a 1,000 pounds of apples and what was in stock and inventory and, and, 
and it, it gets to be very difficult as far as how to figure the value on that, how to count that. Right. Um, and then they have a, uh, a ledger or, or an invoice of where they purchased so. that. But it yeah. will be a very, very involved it's claim, not just from the aspect of looking at the building and the different construction and knowing the different techniques involved with commercial property, but the entities and, and, and stock. I've handled elevator companies, a funeral home. That was interesting. Um, lots of uh, McDonald's, some of the smaller, uh, there's small commercial or small, uh, small commercial and then large commercial. So yeah. just a, a, a 7-Eleven is not too terribly difficult. Yeah. Uh, but but a large uh, warehouse that stores, say, well, the Harley Davidson shop. I handled the Harley Davidson shop, uh-huh. and that was a difficult claim. I can imagine because you got it's not the same bike same bike in the store, right? You got I, potentially <laughs> up to twenty thirty bikes in the store, and yeah, then I salvage. Can, uh, can you salvage them? And Harley Davidson says that we won't honor a warranty. So then that gets to be a big dispute about well, what do you do with it? Right. Somebody wants it, so yeah. right. Mm. Well, yeah, the salvage piece of it's huge too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think um, you know that pretty much wraps up the questions for the day. You got anything to add, and and um, or do no. you want to meet up next time, and we'll come up with some new questions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some some uh, new questions and just possibly elaborating on um, some things in the past that we've talked about yeah. and coming up. But I definitely I think today was good. We touched on a lot of okay. stuff. Okay. Okay. A lot of aspects of the claim. All right. Well, we're signing off for today. Thanks for listening in and joining in, ladies and gentlemen. Please email us. I don't know how you're going to email us, but I'm sure that you, there's going to be a link to somehow contact us and let you know what kind of questions you may have uh, trying to get into becoming an adjuster. Thank you for listening to this episode of the New Adjuster Podcast by CNC. We hope it was helpful. Be sure to follow CNC to stay updated about all of our upcoming new episodes. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from, and we hope to see you again soon.